good. Great. Great. That's not the song. Where's my song? Where's your song? That's the song. Hello, everybody. This is the Gas Cap Renegades podcast, also known as the Trailcast. I'm your host, Levi Black Eagle, and we are going to go on an adventure. So lace up them shoes, grease up those nipples, and put some band-aids on those ass cheeks, and let's talk running. Trail running. The Gas Cap Renegades podcast. Trailcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Levi Blanke. Going with me, as always, is the very dapper and handsome hey, hey, doctorate hey, hey, of hey. philosophical hey, education, hey. Jason Cummins. Jason, how the heck are you? Doing good. How are you? Doing good. Doing great. It's pretty yeah. hot out. It's heating up right now, too. It's about 90 degrees or so outside. Tomorrow is supposed to be like the hottest of the year or hottest on record. Really? Something like that. Like the hottest September 7th on record? I think so. Okay. Not hottest ever, but I don't know. It might it might be the hottest day of the year. All year this year? I think so. Wasn't it like 109 like just recently or something like that? That was hot outside. I felt like it. I think that it's supposed to get like to 108 tomorrow. I think it's La Nina or El Nino. Which one makes it hot? <laughs> El Nino was a hurricane. El Nino is a weather phenomenon. There was a hurricane. It's a weather thingy. And depending on if it's going to be cooler or warmer... It's either El Nino or La Nina. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's a weather occurrence, I believe. Really? Google it. No, I don't know how to. Tell Ooh. me how to spell the second one then. I'm just E-L- kidding. I'm just... N-I-N carrot O. Carrot. Or whatever. <laughs> Accent. <laughs> I don't have a character <laughs> called carrot. It's a carrot. <laughs> I, think it's, I think there's one called carrot. I'm looking at my notes from my schedule. That's not even my notes. Hey, we had a lot of um, local athletes. Doing well, huh? Oh, yeah. Which ones? I'm just thinking about some of the runners. Gas cap. The, how was the um, cross-country meet? Oh, yeah. The Harden High School cross-country meet takes place here in Croatia at the Gas Cap Hill. It's the toughest 5K in the state. Toughest 5K in the whole entire state. And um, we had some little renegades running their little hearts out and doing pretty good, representing very well. It's nice to see them doing well. Yeah. We had an eighth grader who's... Um, well, a running. couple of them, right? Yeah, a couple of eighth graders are running for varsity. One of the eighth graders actually took first overall. And which um, that was great. And our varsity team's not like a small school. This is like one of the biggest schools in the area. Yeah. And they're just perfect storm. I don't know. They've always been really good, but today this year it seems like they're really That's awesome. They're doing really good. There's some all, other local all, athletes and all our other school athletes are doing representing their schools very well. Just good to see. Lots, lots of runners. Holy moly. Really? Sheridan brought the middle school down, and there was about 100 kids. Wow. I don't even know how they had that many jerseys. Remember we used to sneak our own team in that meet? Oh, yeah. It's a middle school, high school meet, so we'd bring our fifth graders over. Mm -hmm. You're unsanctioned, unattached, I think is what they call them. (laughs) You had to run unattached. We had to sneak in our own district's meet. <laughs> I didn't for a team. They put <laughs> renegades too. Yeah, we called we called cool. our team the renegades, <laughs> and then they did well, huh? Yeah. And now they're in high school, running in high school. It's weird to see these little kids. When I first started teaching, those kids now are seniors. Oh wow! Which I think is crazy. 
You're old because they were babies, <laughs> fifth, little fifth grade babies. Now they have like kind of young adult faces. I know I've seen um, one of our students today and he had like a little scruffy beard and a ponytail. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, time is flying by fast. Were you going to call him a hippie? Nope, I didn't oh. say anything. I didn't oh. want to. Didn't want to ruin his cool in front of his, his his crew there. I struggle with a little bit remembering everyone's name. Mm-hmm. I can I know their faces. Do you say who's your folks? No. Who's your parents? Who are you again? I I, I, I know their parents' names, but sometimes I forget mm-hmm. some of them. I forget a lot of them. It sucks because I used to know them. I used to remember all the kids' names. I knew their first and last middle names, and I knew like their um every single one of their passwords and your favorite color and. I'm just kidding. Yeah, their third favorite. <laughs> What's your third favorite? <laughs> I never had to think about what my third favorite color was. Struggled with one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those security questions, like when you have to create an account, they don't seem like they match. Like, um, what's your favorite book? What's your favorite movie? Mm-hmm. Those things change. Who was your favorite sometimes. teacher? Like, I didn't have, like, and then I just have to pick someone pray that I remember what I picked. <laughs> Just easy. I forgot password. What was your first childhood pet? I don't mm-hmm. remember. Some of these apps were like, it doesn't need to be that secure either. It's like, I don't need to remember all this stuff. It sucks. These are culturally not matching up with me. Should we make some culturally sensitive security questions? Yeah. What's your clan? What's oh, yeah. your teasing clan? Will they be like just cultural or res cultural? A little bit of both. How old are you in your first drove? Seven. you have to be 18 to get a driver's license now really i think 16 you can get a permit but you just have to be with a licensed driver Mm. but to be a full-fledged driver i think they changed the age that's good i remember my my uh my wife said she took driver's ed i never took driver's ed but she went to harden they had it every summer and the driver's ed teacher was telling them telling them i feel real safe when the when the when i get the indian kids driving they been driving since they were babies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there was a school, I think it was in Hardin. Um, the teachers didn't know what to do because there was like a 10-year-old driving to school. Oh, yeah. And they were trying to make an issue of it, so he just parked two blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> He'd park two blocks away and walk two blocks. It was like the kids who would just stand outside the fence and smoke. during lunch. Right off school property. <laughs> How would you handle that? I don't even kids these days one of my my nephews he's a seventh grader he's talking about um what was he saying yeah the kids they're doing nick nick I said, what's nick nicotine they're doing nicotine like that's what they called when you smoke i guess they're doing nick i don't know why they just couldn't <laughs> say smoking like i think it's because they vape too oh okay so i don't know if you vape if you use a vape that means you're doing nick that's funny or if you just smoke cigarettes like a like a man like a, <laughs> like a cigar. Oh, I saw a meme where it said, "Our society started going downhill when people stopped people stopped driving sticks just and started smoking, started vaping strawberry cheesecake or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh yeah. So, what's new? Mm, I didn't run yesterday. The air quality was too poor. Yeah, it was like, it was the one. After, was you, it? after you showed me how to look at the weather app and it tells you if the air quality is. I'm just I, didn't, I didn't realize that either until I got a message. It was too hot. It was just too hot. Air quality is poor outside. What the heck? How did I know that? I got my first DNS. DNS. Did not start. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. I was scheduled to do the rut 50k. Mm-hmm. Those of you who did the rut, great job. Oh yeah, great work. Good job. I think I saw like Gary and Jolene out there. Yep. Eric was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet Erickson was yep. out there. Who she took like there? six overall or something like that, right? Yeah, or um, Four, was so. it her age group too? I'm not sure, but I know that she, she did was, really she good. Though. She did good. She's a good runner. Yeah, being able to place in any division. Heck yeah, the um, I got. I was just travel, 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 and then um, I I could have drove up and maybe an hour of sleep like you did, and then ran the next day, but I didn't. Don't didn't. do it. Didn't want to chance it. it. Um, That's good because then you'd have to drive back. And my just, trusty driver, um, Blaze, he he didn't want to drive me. So didn't he just drive back from the West Coast though? Yeah, he came from Oregon, and he didn't want to drive me out because he'd just be sitting around <laughs> the car all day, right? <laughs> he probably could have scored some free shoes again. Oh yeah, I forgot about those North Faces. Those all bright white North Faces. <laughs> <Smurf> shoes. <laughs> they were good though. I liked them. They were cool. I mean, you can't really criticize free North Face shoes too much. Did you see Kevin Shane? He's going to play college basketball. For? Turtle Mountain Community College. Where's Turtle Mountain? Is that in North Dakota? I believe so. But he won the Ultimate Warrior two yeah. years ago, remember? Two years ago, yeah. and I think he had an injury this year, which prohibited yeah. him from He's a heck competing. of a runner, too. Heck of an athlete. And good kid. Good kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to speak at his, I, didn't, I guess I didn't have to, but I had the honor of speaking at his reception. Oh, yeah? Yep. Said a few good words about him and his family, and... Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Robert's your father's brother. So hot, harder than heck. So if you're going to be out there and run, be mindful of the heat. It's no joke. Stay hydrated. And heck yeah, stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. I'll tell my hydration story maybe after we visit with our guest today. Okay. Speaking of guest, who's our guest today? Danny. Daniel. Yep. Do you think he goes by Daniel? Danny Brigman out of Spokane, Washington. Spokane, Washington. I or thought there thereabouts in that area. I think it's Toppenish. Toppenish? Yeah, I don't know. Should we Google him? I mean, we could ask him. Huh? Yeah, we should ask him. And um, He's doing some pretty neat things in his community. I've seen him put on a few runs, and with the proceeds of his runs, um, he donated it to the local cross-country team and just into the ultra world now and we met him at the crazy mountain 100 and just want to visit him about that race and mm-hmm. it's funny how you're you end up being friends or not or i guess do we need a new word for it all like when you're facebook friends or your friends on social media and like you you in a roundabout way know people or recognize their names or even their faces then you're like well, i've never actually met this person before so i think i i remember seeing danny's or i'm calling him Danny. i mean i remember dan's posts before I ever even realized that, hey, this person's doing the crazy Mountain 100 list. I thought that was neat. I don't know if it came first, no, the chicken or the egg. <clears throat> I thought you were going to say it's um, funny how when you suffer with someone, you become friends afterward. Yeah, that too. <laughs> suffer in these ultras yes. and you have that common bond like, yeah. Nothing brings you closer together than a good, good old-fashioned suffer fest. <laughs> you're, you're in that foxhole, you know, just dodging bullets. From enemy bullets and mortar <laughs> shells and <laughs> doing what you can to stay alive. Now there's a you become a band of brothers and sisters. And they write books about it eventually. Yeah. You're going to write a book. Soon. Your memoirs. The memoirs of a DNSer. 
Yeah, my first DNS. <laughs> Did not start. Did not start the rut. I wish I was kind of like when I seen um, Gary's post, I was like, man, that guy looks like he had fun. It would be fun. But it wasn't fun. The rut. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't fun. <laughs> the first year I did the rut, it blizzard on. It was a blizzard. I remember that. We couldn't even go all the way up to Bone Crusher. Or Lone, was it Lone Peak? Or Bone Crusher, the path on the way to Lone Peak. There's the Bone Crusher. Was it there's Talus? Something Talus. So we couldn't go to the top, and you can just kind of see its shadow looming a little bit ominous right below that thin veil of, mm-hmm. of, the, of the weather. I was like, oh, man, that sucks. But it was a blizzard. We almost didn't make it, but we made it. Oh, man. I think we There's, ended up doing a trail marathon. A trail marathon. There's a Pompeii's Pillar 5K coming up, too. I'm just going to run can 5Ks now. Can we still do now. it? I'm just going to run 5Ks now. Because I was talking to a... Um, I was talking to a gentleman at the cross country meet who was from Huntley or worked in Huntley, and he said they stopped doing the the five, the the high school run over there because I don't know if there was vandalism or whatever the thing was something about charging because it's a national park technically. I think the national park's putting it on. National Park Five K. I don't know. It could be. I don't know because I was asking him why. He didn't know either. No, but they're advertising it though. I thought. I thought some hooligan went up there and carved their initials next to Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark's are the hooligans <laughs> who vandalized our sacred site. Those vandalizers, man. Just think it was a sacred site. They came over and graffitied it with their name, Lewis and Clark. Or yeah. what did they say on there? Lewis and Clark was here. Lewis and Clark was here. <laughs> Is that what they said, basically? The, the, they, they did vandali- their initials and their date. They vandalized the holy site. Mm-hmm. And then, like, about 100 years later, some LG kids went over there and Wrote their names on it next, and then the um, and then the park service who preserves Lewis and Clark's graffiti proceeded to try to press charges against them. And it's like we're just graffitiing on the graffiti. You guys started it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. In a hundred years, they'll put a little box around our graffiti too. And Save it. Algerians, we're here. We were here. <laughs> now we're gone. <laughs> What's that going to be gone? How, no, what's the what's the <laughs> little, be what's the little thing they would do? They would write like a little kind of a little quote saying pyramid on on the walls. They say I was here, but now I'm gone. I left my name and something, something, something. Like you kind of read it as a poem, huh? <laughs> oh. Took a long time to write that. Anyhow, so we had another crazy mountain 100 competitor I, yep. slash victim <laughs> slash. It's a great race. It was a great race. And I seen some graffiti in the bathroom. Me too. It said, um, what did it say? I'll skip the bad stuff. It's real <laughs> funny. It's an Indian Valley, home of the Indians. In Indian property is Indians. And then it said, um, India, home of the Indians. So, so I was thinking of us Native Americans. Yeah. But whoever did this um, graffiti was from India. Oh. <laughs> and then they started bad-mouthing British Airways. <laughs> I'm taking you're in the airport, huh? Yeah, it kind of <laughs> threw me for a loop. I was like, <laughs> property of the Indians and home of the Indians, Indian Valley. Then it says India. Then it started bad-mouthing the British Airways. <laughs> <laughs> kind of threw me for a loop. Hey, wait, oh, what's man. going on? The Queen's Army colonized India. Oh, yeah? There's really a lot of tension there. Just kidding, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't remember my history. They were all over the place, though. The colonizers? The colonizers. Just peace, 
East um, Africa. Hmm. It's like, we get this, you get that. Didn't even ask the Africans. Yep. Well, we'll get that in another show. Anyhow, let's get to our first guest. Probably our only right, guest Danny, in the segment. we're going to give you a ring. Danny, we're going to give you a ring. Hopefully, you don't um, think that I'm a telemarketer. It's ringing. It's kind of loud, huh? Hello, this is Danny. Hey, Danny. You know, we were just now talking, and I was calling you Danny. And I was like, I'm not even sure if he goes by Danny, but that's good to know you, you go by Danny. Yeah, uh, most people call me Danny, but I go by Dan, too. Like, is it Dan, Daniel, Danny? I'm not even sure. Just as long as it's not Daniel. My name's not Daniel. Okay. <laughs> Just don't call me Daniel. Hey, Dan, how's it going? <laughs> this is Levi Blackigo, and we have Jason Cummins here. And uh, how are you doing? Good, good, good. How are you guys? Doing all right. Yeah, we're trying to stay out of the heat over here. It's heating up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's thankfully today it's not that hot over here in eastern Washington. It's my truck says it's 86 today. Oh, nice. Did you get that little heat wave that's passing us right now? Uh, yeah, that's a well, what was nice with the when that crazy mountain 100 we had a heat wave here where it was like 110, mm-hmm. and so I missed like that whole heat wave. That was really nice. All right, you, you, you traded it for a little bit of elevation, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah. elevation and sore legs. Yeah, definitely. So, so Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, where are you from and for the listeners? Yeah, so um, I'm a Spokane tribal member. live on the Spokane Indian Reservation in eastern Washington. Um, I'm also duly enrolled um, up in Kamloops, the to Kamloops uh, Shishemwek. Um up there also I have a bunch of family up in Kamloops. Um, yeah, born and raised on my reservation. Um, yeah, never really considered myself too much of a runner. Um, I was more of a football guy back in high school and kind of just did track just to do something. And, um, yeah, then it wasn't until I was in college and kind of found it again. Um, then kind of got back into running and, uh, yeah, never ran any ultras until this year. All right. So how, how did you, what was it that made you start running back again in college? Were you trying to get healthy, lose weight, or just something you wanted to do? Um, a little bit of that. And then also um, just my relationship with my dad. Uh, so we have a local 12K over here in Spokane called uh, Bloomsday. Bloomsday. And my dad, yeah, he would, uh, they closed down like downtown Spokane for this race. And it's a, uh, pretty big over here and my dad he'd run it every single year and um you know we try and look to see if we can find him on tv but the crowds would be too big and you know i never really knew why he did it every year and then um once i was kind of like in college and then um i don't remember how it came up but uh he was telling me uh because he's been sober my whole life and uh when he went through aa one of his goals was to get in shape to run Bloomsday and to run it every year he was sober. And then, uh, once he shared that with me, I've never drank. So I'm like, hell yeah. Like I want to do this with you. And so that's kind of what initially got me back into running was doing that with him. Um, kind of in my young twenties, just rolling out of bed and trying to do a 12 K and, uh, that didn't <laughs> last too long. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I gotta take this seriously. Like my dad, 
he's 32 years older than me and he's kicking my ass. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, got too competitive. I'm like, all right, yeah, I need to get in shape so I could run this with him. All right. So how, how did you, how did you, how'd you do in the Bloomsday? Yeah. Um, so, and those first, however many years I did it, I feel like I've done it probably since like, I don't know, maybe like 2012, 2013. Um, I think our best was like an hour 15, but then, uh, I kind of moved on up to half marathons through like a, a group of work friends. Uh-huh. And kind of once I got to there and got into that training, um, I got a lot faster than my dad, but it was kind of like a, our little rule of, all right, who who's ever in better shape kind of hangs back with the other one. So we start and finish together. Mm. So I have no idea like what my best time would have been in that race past couple of years. Uh, you know, I've kind of been hanging back with my dad this year. I did it with them, but I got it banned, uh, oh, in yeah. my knee, uh-huh. like right before that happened. So I didn't really push it that hard this year. So, and then, uh, I threw my daughter, my four-year-old, on my shoulders and did the whole thing with her. So my dad took advantage, and he left me for, like, the last mile just so he could say he beat me. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So how did you get into, like, how did you make the – because I imagine that's a road race, right? Yeah, yeah. So how how did you make the transition to the trails and um, and the ultra community? Yeah, so I was – really hitting the roads hard um i was getting really caught up like with my pace and just being competitive and uh even through like last year um i'd mix in like maybe one or two trail races probably because i didn't really get really back like hard into running till i'm guessing like 2015 2016 maybe and then um so i started mixing some trails but then uh it was probably last year um, I got a Achilles tendonitis hmm. from uh, just overuse. I worked it too hard. I had a, I had a trail race. I had like a 25K. Then the next weekend, um, I organized a 215-mile relay for Kamloops to try and help raise awareness for that uh, residential wow. school and everything that happened. And so I threw that together and I end up running 41 miles over two days, like all pavement. Uh-huh. And uh, then that following weekend, I had another trail race. And after that, I just overworked it, man. My my Achilles was killing me. And uh, I was stubborn thinking I could just, you know, heal on my own. So that's kind of when I started hitting the trails more. So that way I wouldn't be so focused on my pace and kind of just out there just enjoying you know my reservation hitting all the back roads and trails and that's when i really started getting into it and then um yeah i couldn't figure it out on my own that lingered for months and i finally got physical therapy and it was kind of working back from that and then honestly like a big part of my transition from just like running to ultra running was like following you know chico run shoe diaries and then you guys' podcast and seeing you guys and seeing other natives doing ultras like you know we we all kind of talk about it typically you see you know white men and women doing it you know they're all like 130 140 pounds and lanky (laughs) and so it's like yeah of course they can do it but you don't see people like you and so kind of like following you guys and native women running and all these other different social media platforms i'm like oh man there's people that look like me that are doing this they're not all stereotypically built runners 
and they're native, man. So like if they can do, that's where it really switched for me of like, okay, maybe I can do this. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. uh, when we did that 215 mile relay, I had a buddy joke with me like, hey man, you did 41 miles, you're an ultra runner now. And I'm like, man, those guys are crazy. There's no way in hell I could do that. No, <laughs> those people are insane. Like I'm a half marathon guy. I did one full marathon and felt like death. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, no, there's no way. I'm limited to half marathons, like 25 Ks. And then, yeah, just that past year, just, you know, seeing all you guys doing it. And I'm like, man, maybe I can gear up for it. And, uh, oh, yeah, and Scott, too, following Scott. And um, that's when I was trying to find a 100-miler to do. And I was looking around, and then uh, Chico actually convinced me for the Crazy Mountain 100. He's the one that positively peer pressured me into it. All right. Well, thank goodness for that. So that I was going to ask, that was going to be my next question. How did you um, get into the, the Crazy? Because I know you're part of the, part of our team that was in there and – so it was Chico, right? Yeah. Nice. So Good job, Chico. Yeah. Thanks, Chico. <laughs> what, what, what was your What was your initial knee jerk reaction when Chico said, "Let's Let's do the hundred? Well, so I was already kind of looking at a hundred miler at that point, and um, I think Scott shared one. I can't remember if it was the Bighorn, and that sold out super quick. And I'm not used to, you know, the ultra game and like races selling out. I'm used to like. Hey man, this race is in three days and I can sign up for it. <laughs> and so like, I remember seeing him post, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll wait till payday. And then payday came and yeah, man, that thing was all booked up. So then, uh, Chico, he shared the crazy mountain 100. So I'm like, Oh man, maybe. So I hit him up and, uh, you know, probably if you would have told me like the full reality of it, I don't know if I'd have signed up. So I guess I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> I don't think any of us. I don't um, think, yeah, except for the race director, maybe in some of the, I don't think anybody knew what they were getting into with that. I think the director was the one right. who, mm-hmm. yeah, she knew what it was about, but none of us could comprehend. Or actually prepare for that. Like going back now and like, I'm, I, I see you getting ready for next year. Like, but there's no way to like to actually prepare for that terrain unless you're up there. Correct. Especially, I don't, I'm not sure what the mountains are like over there, but how how are you? Yeah. How, how would you even prepare for that, Dan? Yeah, that's what was crazy. So like, yeah, I I DNF'd there at Half Moon. You know, made the attempt to come up out of there. Congrats! And had it turn. Uh, thanks. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's so like my knee jerk reaction was just like, you know, I'm just like man, like I was just really down on myself, and I'm like man, like I really didn't know anything I could have done differently. Um, cause for me, it was that elevation. Uh, yeah. like I was, I was moving, felt like I was moving pretty decent. Um, I could definitely feel like my lungs and my heart working a lot harder when we were getting up in elevation, mm-hmm. but it was so weird. Like, uh, my legs, they weren't sore. Like, so when we were climbing up, my legs weren't feeling dead or anything, but I just couldn't move them any faster. Mm. It was like there was like a governor on my legs and like, hey, you're locked into this pace. Like you just can't get enough oxygen to my legs to make a move faster. And then when when we would come down, I'm like, I could almost feel that relief almost instantly. I'm like, okay, yeah, now I can pick up my pace. I can kind of like move like normal. And it was just the weirdest thing. So like initially, I was kind of like hopeless of like, man, like I got no kind of elevation like this. Like on my res, I think the highest points like 4,000 feet. Mm-hmm. And so I was like running up that mountain all the time. Like, man, I just can't get up to elevation. And, um, I don't know. So kind of what I started doing was, um, you know, recently 
throwing on like a weight vest and doing power hiking, you know, up that mountain of like, okay, let me, this is all the elevation I got. Let me just try and make this as hard as I possibly can mm. to do my best to try and simulate something like that. I wonder if an elevation mask will help or if they even work. Altitude mask or whatever. Yeah, altitude mask, I mean. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Yeah, so I haven't tried it. I just did a bunch of like researching online because that was my first thought. Oh, oh, you looked it up too? Yeah, yeah, because that was, I think it was like probably like my whole drive home because it was like a seven and a half hour drive home <laughs> oh, yeah. for like the crazy mountains. So I was just, yeah, researching it and like kind of what I got out of it. I mean, I could be totally wrong. So like if someone wants to call me out, go ahead. But from what I could read, it was saying that uh, it doesn't, it might help strengthen like your diaphragm, but it doesn't actually help you get acclimated because all it's doing, like the, the problem at elevation is there's not as many oxygen molecules, like it's less dense. And when you have an elevation mask, it's the air is still the same density. You're just making it harder for yourself to breathe, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So it was like saying like you're going from drinking like, Breathing out of a garden hose to breathing out of a straw is kind of like the example they try to use. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think. So tell us about that. Um, how was it? This was your first hundred attempt, correct? Yeah, yeah, my first hundred attempt, and then how uh, were you feeling I, at the finish or start line? Oh man, I, I was, I was so nervous and excited and anxious. Uh, Man, probably for like a month leading up, I had nightmares that I'd wake <laughs> up like at the start line, like in the race already started or that like I forgot my whole pack. Yeah. Yep. I just had the clothes on my back and the race was starting. Uh-huh. So or like I overslept. So it was a relief kind of like once getting in the car, I got everything. Everything's ready to go. And yeah, man, it was just awesome. And then uh, it was awesome to see uh, kind of like the opening ceremony of the race that uh, Megan had put on to where. It's just awesome to see that native representation and appreciation and acknowledgement. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like yeah, I, that really um, blew me away, too, and I'm really appreciative of that. It just it felt like it was meant to be. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It was just, um, that was pretty mind-blowing. Because you don't see that in a lot of ultras. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, any, like, just all the, my races over here, like, I've never had anything remotely close. Like, I can't even get race directors over here to say like, Hey, we're running on Spokane lands. Like they won't even say that over here. Mm-hmm. Not yet. No. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Now. Yeah. That was <laughs> shout out to the race director, Megan yeah, for doing Megan. that. Cause that was pretty cool. Oh, Megan. Oh, I was visiting a guy the other day and he was telling me about some, a great fishing spot. Yeah. And he said, um, people have been fishing there the last 200 years. And then um, I said, I'm pretty sure people were fishing there longer than that. <laughs> and he looked at me really confused, and he kind of slapped me on the leg, and he said, you know what? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just that awareness and acknowledgement is meaningful sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you don't even realize you need it until you see it. And like, oh, yeah. I didn't even think yeah. about that. You're just going to use, getting too used to being overlooked. Getting so. too used to being invisible. Yeah. Mm-hmm definitely so the race started and we were all in there and i i don't know if it was the same for you but remember we we're all all together in a little group there i was like man i can this is easy <laughs> that first yeah. 20 miles yeah first 20 miles like i got this in the bag all right man i thought this was right? really hard <laughs> i was like why are you guys making me lead and nobody would uh, <laughs> step up <laughs> like, man. yeah i should have led i kept falling in the back there i don't know what's going on 
<laughs> yeah, there is that one time you went down pretty hard and we all kind of whipped our heads around. You're like, yeah. oh, I'm good, I'm good. I know, I was so bad. You guys heard it. It's like dropping a... <laughs> Dropping some raw meat on that Someone linoleum should. kitchen floor. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even bounce. It was, probably, it was probably my scream you guys heard. <laughs> he kind of made that noise that when an Indian falls down. <laughs> <laughs> Other people go, and fall down. Yeah. But that was good times. I, I really enjoyed that. I got, I got a lot of video of all of us there running, running as, yeah, a, that- as a pack. Yeah, that was awesome because, uh, yeah, it's like all the all the runs leading up to that, I've always been kind of solo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I might see someone I know, like kind of passing by. And uh, kind of my plan was like, all right, I'm going to start out with Chico. Cause this is my first 100-miler, and he was coming off of his uh, ankle stuff. So I'm like, oh, you know, it might be comparable. I'll hang with him for a while, probably to that first aid station and see how it goes. And because uh, my kind of game plan – was to try and keep it at like 15 minute pace like for the runnable sections and like all right every time i do that i'm banking about like six minutes because mm-hmm. when i did my 150 miler that didn't have nearly as much elevation i went in thinking i could do 12s and i just like felt like death so i'm like okay let's do 15s and chico actually started a little bit faster so i was kind of worried mm. i'm like oh man hopefully i'll still have something left in the tank and then we all met up at that first aid station and kind of took off from there and kind of got in a line running together. And man, yeah, it was, that was easy. Just the conversations. I don't even think I looked at my watch from between the two aid stations. We were just cruising through there. Yeah, it was nice. It was real runnable and pretty scenic and it was just good times. It was, it was the calm yeah. before the storm. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I remember uh, for, after the first aid station, I think no, all you guys stopped for water, wasn't it? That little creek. Yeah, we were cruising, and uh, me. Did you stop too, Danny? No, I think Dan didn't. Or you me off, and Chico right? stopped for water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, Eric, I kept going. Yeah, me, Chico, and Eric stopped for water, and everybody else just kept going. Thanks, Jason. It's a good pace. We kind of kept cruising, headed out. <laughs> <laughs> Should have filled up your reservoirs, anyhow. So we, yeah, Ibex. Ibex was what was that? Nineteen twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember running in there, and I was, I remember seeing um your crew, and I was like, "Hey, those guys are Indians," and I don't know why that I always got to point that out. But <laughs> right now, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, um, like so. Who, who was who was your crew there with you? Yeah, so that was my dad, and then uh, my cousin Will. He pretty much grew up with me, like my brother. Oh yeah, hmm. yeah. Then uh, it was awesome for them to kind of see it too. So um, yeah, I've never ran a hundred miler, and they've never crewed before. And uh, so we were kind of going into this pretty green. And uh, Megan set me up with this guy, Tim. He was going to be my pacer. Was it at Crandall? Was that at mile 70? Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to meet up with him there. And he was going to pace me. I'm not sure if he's going to go all the way to the finish or what. But I was actually able to meet up with him that night before, like at that pre-race meeting. Like, thankfully, Megan kind of pointed him out. So I'm like, man, I just know. He's just some guy from Montana. I have no clue what he looks like. I'm going to point him out. And she pointed him out. She's giving her a speech. So I went and tracked him down. And then uh, he kind of came over to where we were parked and then kind of gave us a crash course and crewing and everything. Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful because my dad and my cousin, they're like, hey, man, what do you want us to do? I'm like, I don't know, man. Just (laughs) just keep it positive. Keep me moving. Uh, Mm -hmm. Make sure I have water. (laughs) Well, what what were some of the pointers? Because we never actually had... 
we all just kind of had to figure it out. I don't even, we might be doing it wrong. I don't know. What, what was, what were some of those pointers you thought were pretty helpful? Yeah. So what was really helpful, um, kind of the biggest thing I thought he said to bring like a tarp, but, uh, my dad, he ended up bringing a table instead. And I felt like that was nicer. And, uh, so I kind of had a bag prepared for them of just any extra gels or drink mix, like socks, like anything that I would want. And so they would kind of empty out that whole bag and have it organized on that table for me. So when I kind of come running in, I could just see whatever I wanted and grab and put it in my pack or grab and go if I wanted to. Um, so that was a big thing of just being able to see all of my gear just readily available. And for me, it was nice and table. So I didn't have to bend over. Hmm. And then, uh, then yeah, just like, taking my kind of like how they treat us at cow camp kind of uh almost taking your pack off as you're coming in and taking your poles and go and refilling that while you go get snacks at the aid station or doing whatever and kind of just having all that ready to go that was like the biggest things for me mm. mm-hmm. so after that you guys we headed out and um i don't remember much after that um, was Cow Camp the one with little pizzas and yeah, quesadillas? Right. Yeah. Oh, man, that was awesome. Right by the out and back. That was awesome. Cow Camp. I've seen them kids um, playing in the water down there before. I thought, I thought it was hallucinating a little yeah, bit. I was like, wait, what's going on? I'm right. Not, I'm not really that tired yet. Yeah. It, it, it didn't seem 100% safe. We, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was before Cow Camp. I can't remember. Eric and Chico will know where it was, but there was another runner who kind of joined us. And then um, she screamed, there's a bear, a bear. And we froze. Yeah. And we were looking for a bear. And then she pointed at a tree. See the bear marks right there? And we're like, there's no bear marks. And then she pointed at the ground. See the bear poop? And it was a moss. Wow. (laughs) And I didn't know what was going on. It really kind of scared the heck out of me. And then she ran away. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure she's even real? I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure, but I'll yeah, we'll have to ask Chico if he it's remembers Too that. early for this lady. Yeah. So how, how were you feeling coming into Cow Camp? Yeah, so... Um, oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I'm going back a little bit before Cow Camp. That that first climb before we got to Cow Camp, that that one really punched me in the face. I wasn't expecting that. Like that like 8,500 feet? Or I, Scott I said 10. 10,000? I think most of those first initial oh, yeah. climbs were about 10. Oh, wow. 10. I didn't know they were that Yeah, high. that was around 10. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so when we left Ibex, man, Levi, you and Brocade, you guys were just like hiking machines. You guys went mm-hmm. flying right past me out of uh, Ibex, and that's kind of the last time I saw you guys until quite, quite a bit later. But then once you kind of come into that first climb and it's like you're kind of in a bowl. Yeah. And it was just like so demoralizing because you're coming in, you see nothing but mountains all the way around you. And you're like, okay, how do I get out of here? Like, yeah. there's no way I'm going like up this, right? I know. And like, I think a few people have said this before too. Yeah, I was hoping for some like a some tunnel. Like, man, hopefully there's some old train track tunnel cutting straight <laughs> through this or something. But there's no way. And then you get up close and you see the switchbacks and you see the tiny little dots oh, up there. My and goodness, you're like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, this is the first climb. Like, I got three more of these. Like, and, uh, yeah, so that was, that was pretty brutal kind of coming up. And then that first one, once you kind of 
climb that, then you look across, then you see tiny little dots all the way over there on a higher peak. And you're like, man, I'm still not done. I got to go all the way over there. And uh, so, yeah, that really took the wind out of your sails. And mm-hmm. right through there, I came across a runner. He was sick, man. He was like curled up on the side of the trail, said he was throwing up. And uh, I offered him like all the different food and stuff I had. And he just kept saying that, uh, he tried that stuff before and he doesn't like how it tastes. And I'm just like, all right, man, I'm just trying to help. If you're going to be stubborn, all right, man, whatever, I got to keep moving. And, uh, yeah, then coming down that, um, I don't even think Chico caught up to me yet, but yeah, those, there was those kids playing in the Creek and that was, it's almost like a river just how much it was roaring. Yeah. And like my mind kind of kept playing, tricks on me whenever we get close to those rivers where i'd almost feel like i'd hear people but i wouldn't oh yeah and then you know hearing the stories leading up to it about how like uh those mountains are sacred and i'm like man you know like am i actually hearing real things through here (laughs) then yeah sure enough there's the kids and you could actually hear that and i'm like oh man like what's going on then yeah they were they were all over in that. And I thought kind of thought the same thing too. I'm like, man, it's good. it kind of doesn't seem safe, but whatever, man, not my kids. <laughs> <laughs> they knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure we were doing that when we were their age too. Yep. That's funny. And, mm. and then uh Chico come up on me and uh, I can't remember if he rolled his ankle or what, like he hollered or did something and it scared the hell out of me. I jumped so hard. Cause I didn't know he was behind me. And I just had all those thoughts, you know, about, uh, spirits and then these kids but the kids were actually there and then there's chico <laughs> hollering or something behind me and so i jump all hard then yeah he caught up to me and then we ran into cow camp and man i freaking loaded up like uh i'm not i'm not the fastest runner but i got kind of an iron stomach and i can kind of just eat whatever while i'm running and be fine so yeah man i had me a pizza had me a quesadilla <laughs> kind of refilled everything and man that felt good to eat some real food there. Yeah, i oh, felt yeah. like a million bucks after that so what what were you um using like during the run like were you doing jails and blocks or drinks or what yeah so um i was using uh gels and then on my back in my um uh my bladder bag i had just straight water but then i had mm-hmm. uh those like collapsible flasks whatever on front yeah and uh i had some um hammer nutrition heat mix mm. mixed mm-hmm. in my water so that way i'd have some water and some of that stuff and for me that stuff's really helped um that and then hammer nutrition's enduralite mix where uh i've gotten cramps before and then i've had some sips of that enduralite mix and it just almost takes my cramps away instantly mm-hmm. that, i like and, using and, that stuff yeah yeah so that's what i had and then um yeah i had the gels um had like some honey stinger waffles uh, my cousin, Will, he loaded me up with jerky at some point. Oh, I can't remember there. So yeah, that was, that was pretty good. That was a nice kind of break from, uh, the waffles and everything else. That's what I had for me for the, on, on me for the most part. So I think we were about the same vicinity together when we ran into those mountain goats. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that was coming down into cow camp, wasn't it? I don't even remember. It's all a blur. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think like, so. It was coming down in there where we, um, was that the first big climb? After yeah, that was coming down the first big climb. Yeah. Yep. Ran into the mountain goats. And where were they at? I didn't see them. They were drinking water. They were right next to that lake that was up there. <laughs> there oh, a, really? Yep. There's yeah. like three of them. And um, Danny said he almost stepped on one of their heads. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Like I, 
Oh, so I come down from that first climb and uh, kind of come around the corner and I see uh, must've been the pair of them kind of off in the distance. And I'm like, Oh man, this is cool. Like, you know, I've never seen mountain goats before and kind of try and get some pictures, but it's always, you know, it looks better in person than on your phone. And I'm yeah. like, Oh man, that's still kind of cool. And then uh, there's kind of like a turn in the trail and there was like a little tree and rocks. And I kind of went around the bend. The lake was right there. And uh, damn near within arm's reach, there's a mountain goat drinking out of the lake. And I, I jumped up in the air because <laughs> I got so scared. I, cause I did, wasn't expecting that. And I come running in like full speed. Mm-hmm. And then that thing jumps and turned and ran right by me. Like I could have reached out and grabbed it. That thing was so close <laughs> running past me. Dang. And then I just would stand there, like holding my heart for a while. Like, okay, yeah, no, we're good. We're good. Breathing hard. <laughs> and I was looking all around like, man, someone else had to see this. Right. And there's no one around me. And I'm like, Oh my God. And then, uh, it was a little while after just maybe a matter of seconds later, another runner, he came up I'm like, did you see the mountain goats? And he's like, no, 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 there's nothing here. And I'm like, Oh man. And then I found that one mountain goat again and showed him. But yeah, man, never been that close. To one. I don't plan on close to one again that was pretty awesome to see them (laughs) i wanted to see him i didn't see any of them yep i seen him lucky so coming out of cow camp then we had another our second big climb up into what was the peak called do you remember the peak Mm -mm. i I, I have no clue what anything was named i just remember the aid station names that's really about it well coming out of cow camp it seemed it was pretty uh, mild for a while remember yeah yeah and then we started climbing and yeah, I almost kind of that, deceived you. Yeah, after that, wasn't there? Did you see a guy out there with no shirt, um, run running around with his dog? That was. Uh, like, yeah. Yep. Or was it before Cal Camp? That was before Cal Camp. He's like, no, was I'm it? just out okay. here doing six miles, and he was in pretty good shape. Yeah, he made it to the summit, and he was out there just chilling out with his dog. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, and he didn't. I don't think he had a pack or anything with him. It was, I think, pretty sure just him and the dog. I'm yeah. Like, oh, dang. That would be fun. You can just drink the water right out of the right out of the lake. Glacier <laughs> lake. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that that water though was good. Like that's uh I used that uh water filtration flask, but there was a point I just drank it straight, and man, that was some good water, especially because like on your bladder it'd get all warm from your body heat. Yeah. So it was kind of a game changer to have some ice cold water. Yeah, it was. I was I was filtering it too after a while and I saw Scott not and then for some reason okay well if he's not gonna do it neither am I. <laughs> yeah, I was filtering then I, I just got too kind of tired. I didn't want to filter no more. I, I filtered. Remember water. remember um, on the out coming out of Cal Camp that after we got to the remember the right before the switchbacks start mm-hmm. we were kind of on that it was kind of like a little swampy marshy meadow thing. There's like oh, yeah. there's like water kind of dribbling off the side. I filtered that because I, I had to fill up right there. I was like, all right, crap. I kind of reset the machine and put some tailwind in my bottle. But I said, I need water, and there was no water, just that. So I had to kind of put my bottle, like, on the ground. I was like, this doesn't seem safe. So I filtered that water. Just, like, a trickle of whatever it was, water <laughs> through the grass. <laughs> well, yeah. So that that was a pretty gnarly climb. What did you think of that? Yeah, so, like, coming out of there, man, because, like, those cow camp, like, volunteers, they were awesome, man, like, almost felt like a new race like at least initially and then just kind of almost deceiving climb so like all right man we're covering some good ground so like i kind of kept thinking like man we're getting some good elevation but it's runnable maybe this next climb won't be as bad 
and it was <laughs> it was like <laughs> coming into another one of those like bowls and you're climbing straight up out of it and uh yeah so that oh yeah because it was coming out of there phyllis phyllis caught up to me and uh she passed me because there was a really big crick and i was trying to like hopscotch across the rocks to keep my feet dry because they she didn't just get goes wet through at that the water point. huh yeah. Yeah, she just blazed right through it. And as she was blazing through it, I slipped off a rock and I go like ankle deep of water. And I'm like, man, that was pointless. I should just blaze through it like she did. <laughs> yeah, she said she likes to um, just go through the water. Yeah, that one part, you yeah. there was no getting around it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, there was that one creek. It was really wide. and Is that where Eric one hopped it? He, Eric just stepped over it and. <laughs> and then he has he's how come you just hop over it and I'm like look at me <laughs> it was pretty funny oh shoot yeah oh yeah the one thing that was cool though during the race was Erica war hooping yeah oh yeah 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 that kind of um cause at first it was like oh man and then like it kind of kept happening so it was cool uh to be like alright yeah man like this is awesome. Like we belong here. Like mm-hmm. they're war hooping back and forth, feeling like at home. Yeah. And then, uh, definitely. Um, cause I think it was coming off that second climb. I could hear him up. He must just got to the peak or something. I could hear him war hooping. Yep. And I was around some non-natives and they were definitely kind of spooked. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing war hoop up there. Then at one point, uh, my crew, my dad and cousin, uh, they were telling me, I can't remember what aid station it was, but some non-natives come in and they were talking about Eric war hooping <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, there's, there's some Indians up there. I think they're talking to each other. Just really spooky. <laughs> like they just, they just keep yelling. I don't know what's going on. And I was just dying laughing. <laughs> we're not going to translate what that means. Mm. It's actually, <laughs> it, ac- it actually, it kind of gets a little reassuring when you hear that too. It's like, Oh good. I'm, yeah, I'm not alone out here. Yeah. It made me feel yeah, good. Exactly. Chases the bears away too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then uh it kept making me want to do it but uh i i don't and i can't but i'm like especially when i caught up to the non-natives i'm like man i could probably get away with it and if it sounds terrible you guys will just think it's one of these non-natives <laughs> just gotta practice yep gotta practice. when you're alone on one of your runs just go and start belting it out there i was trying to get right. g to practice one with us but i thought he was gonna do it that time huh yeah g almost did a war hoop for us on, on the, the podcast on the show. but but then he told me to do it first. Oh, yeah. And he was bluffing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like it when he does that. I think um, it is reassuring because you know you're within the vicinity of someone you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Within yeah. the area. So come, uh, the, the, the summit after, um, or the summit coming down into Half Moon. Yeah, what about that summit right before Half Moon? That was. Yeah, so that that climb was pretty brutal uh like phyllis and i we kind of kept going back and forth of who was going to be in front of who and then uh man there was this uh lady in front of me she'd be moving good and then she'd just go sit down on a rock and wait for me to catch up to her then as soon as i caught up to her she'd get up and take off power hiking (laughs) and put it like 100 feet between us and go sit back down again and then let me catch up to her and she just kept doing it and it was so irritating <laughs> like, man, just like, keep going like don't let me catch you like at least get up sooner like this is frustrating man, she did like, like the whole way up that thing instead of road rage it's trail rage yeah there you go yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know how you would explain or kind of explain that to like a non-runner or someone in that situation but that, it, it's a kind of irking it's um 
Like, just keep moving. Just like a little something yeah. in your sock that's bugging the heck out of you or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how it felt. Because I'm like, yeah, man, just like keep moving. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I almost was like, man, should I almost sandbag it? <laughs> <laughs> just to hold her up, too. Like, like oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a tough climb right there. And it was. Your description about not being in pain or sore, but just not being able to go is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, at that climb there, that's when I really started feeling it. I was like, oh, man, I'm feeling it right here. Mm-hmm. All climbs, I feel it. I don't like climbing at all. <laughs> I just don't feel my body's built for climbing. I don't get it. Well, we got yeah, up there. You say that, but you were ahead of us, man. You, like, I, don't, I didn't see you until probably Half Moon, I think. Like everyone else, we were kind of back and forth catching up. But, yeah, you and Brocade, you guys were just mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, I wish I wish the downhill side of that was runnable, or more runnable. Yeah, like all right, it's all downhill from here, but I was still kind of like gingerly making my way down. That was a tough downhill into mm-hmm. Half Moon. Yeah, like I couldn't. Um, I thought I would be able to run down, and I it was um, the terrain was so rugged that I, you could only run for about maybe fifteen feet, and then it got really rugged again. That it's like a it's a real testament to those guys in the front who were able to do that. Like I don't know. They just yeah. got some sort of gift. Yeah. And then the guys are coming to that's when we started meeting like a, a majority of the crowd coming back up. So we'd kind of like get off the path for them. And I was up there and off the beaten path, making my way down. Yeah, that's uh, I was meeting most of them still on the way up. And yeah, man, those guys out in front, they were insane. They were like sprinting down that. Mm-hmm. And there was one guy, I can't remember if he was like the first or second place guy. He was like sprinting down and I saw him like he stuck both of his trek poles in the ground and like leapfrog down the trail like 10 feet. And wow. I'm like, man, like we're, we're not, we're not the same kind of human. There's no way. <laughs> kind of like he kind of catapulted. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, yeah, that'd be nice to do on completely fresh legs on even ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it'd be cool. scary. Cause like some of those places if you fell and you're, you're a goner or yeah, you'd hurt really bad. So we made it down. Um, I think for us, we, we kind of took our time because we were kind of, we we're kind of, okay, well, this is it for us. We're going to get down there and throw in the towel. So we kind of just took our time getting down there. Me and Brocade were just kind of having a, having a chit chat, talking about life and whatnot. Uh, what, what was going through your mind as you're coming down into Half Moon? Yeah. So kind of when I was coming down, it's kind of, uh, kind of slowly started hitting me because initially i'm like man like this this climb took a lot of time but dnfing wasn't wasn't in my mind yet like it wasn't even close but just like okay yeah like um then i was hoping to make up more time on that downhill but yeah like it wasn't runnable at all especially there was like a couple spots where it was like the trail was all like swampy and yeah like hopscotch across like some big old rocks like you couldn't even get down on the trail mm-hmm. and so that was eating up more time and i kind of kept checking and then I could have swore that half moon was at mile 42. And so like mentally, that's what I was prepared for. And then I got to mile 40 and that's where I met Cameron Haynes headed back up. And I'm like, Oh man, thinking it was only 42 miles. I'm like, man, so I'm only four miles behind Cameron Haynes. Like I'm in good shape. Like we're going to finish this. We're going to do good. And then uh mile 42 came and went. And there was no aid station. <laughs> oh, man. Like, what the hell's going on? Then there's that same thing of, uh, I was about to take, like, another gel or something. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, aid station's right up here. Like, 
I don't need that one extra sip of water. I don't need that one extra gel. Like it's just right up here. I'll be good. And then, uh, oh, what was weird too was uh, I no- no- noticed this in my 50 miler. I kind of got a little bit of brain fog on like uh, keeping track of when to take my gels, like every uh-huh. 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like mile. I don't know. It was like 30, 35, maybe. I was like, oh man, I don't even remember what time it was last time I took it. So I'd reset my little like time clock in my head. Like, all right, 45 minutes from now. And then however much time would go by, I'm like, man, I don't even remember what that timer was. I guess I'll just take another one now. Um, but yeah, then coming down, yeah, mile 42 came and went. And I think Chico caught back up to me. And I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm getting closer and closer to that cutoff time. I'm going to have to be moving real real quick in now that aid station and then chico kind of gave me a dose of reality of like hey man like we're gonna be cutting it close and i'm like oh man i was still thinking i had plenty of time and uh so then we really start moving down that stretch because yeah you cross like the one bridge like you cross like a second bridge and you're like okay man like we're down in a hole then especially headed down that you can't enjoy any of the downhill because you know you have to turn around and run right back up it mm-hmm so I'm like, man, why couldn't they just all be flat? Cause I got to come back. <laughs> <Well, through." laughs> I don't think uh, it was like, man, this is, this is kind of difficult to go down. I don't want to go back up it. Probably be that much yeah. harder. It's a great course, huh? Yeah. It's, it's, it's no joke. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was it's a great uh, challenge. Yeah. And then, uh, Chico, he kind of got in front of me and he, he was really moving cause he was really want to try and get down there and keep a go at it. And man, like I just felt bad because his ankle, he kept rolling it. And I, I could just know that his ankle was pretty screwed up at that point. And I'm like, hey, man, we can slow it down, especially thinking like, man, you know, he might have to DNF. He might have to medically tap. So he shouldn't mess up his ankle too much. But, you know, he's, I'd probably be just as stubborn. He's like, no, no, we got this. We got this. And he just kept really pushing it, headed down that. Then, yeah, it was like mile 43 and there's still no aid station. It was like mile 44. And I think it was like 44 and a half. We finally kind of come into there, and as we're coming in, uh, we caught up to another runner, and Chico's kind of, because uh, I guess his watch kind of did the math on, like, what pace, like, if you kept this pace, what time you'd finish, and uh, so he was kind of telling that other runner, and I was listening, I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't, I don't think I'll be able to do it. Like, we're not going to make it, because I think we, I can't remember if I got into half moon at nine o'clock or if i was leaving at nine i just remember i had like 45 minutes from that cutoff it was 9 45 like man this climbing's taking so long like i'm not gonna make it and so i come in and uh see my crew and i'm sure you guys feel the same way like i i kind of felt bad i'm like man because other than the start that's your only third time seeing them that whole entire day mm-hmm. I was like man i almost like felt bad like man sorry guys it took me so long to get here i was trying <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and then they're waiting yeah, there the so whole time for you and tired. Yeah, and just thankful they did that for you, but feel bad too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like because uh, you know they kind of have to plan for best case scenario. So like, all right, yeah, you know if he's moving at this pace, let's hurry up and get there so we're there. And then you're nowhere near best case, so they're just sitting in you know that dead zone with no cell service. They can't update their tracker. Just like wondering, like, okay, when are they coming in? When are they coming in? One thing that we did was, <clears throat> you know, they have like a Garmin inReach. It's similar to that, but the one I got is called a Zolio. And I really okay. like it. You don't, and um, 
you buy it, then you can do like a monthly subscription. And in the active months, it's like 20 bucks a month or something. And then the rest of the year, it's just a couple bucks a month to keep it going. Uh huh. But um, I handed mine off to my wife. And then so Stephen and her, were um, they could text each other in the mountains there. Man, it was really nice. And then, oh, Eric, okay. and then Eric had one too. And so we were kind of texting between each other on the trail. Oh, nice. All the listeners out there, those are pretty the good wheel. tools. Then didn't Eric upgrade his so that his wife could track him in real time? Yep. Along with the other thing? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's cool. That is cool. Pretty handy. So then for those for those guys without cell service, do they each need one to be able to communicate then? Yes. But okay. you can communicate with your family who is within cell service, though. Okay. And, and um, we just had to get it because uh, me and Eric one time went out on our own for a 50-miler and it took us a lot, lot longer than we thought and we had everybody worried. Oh, yeah. We were with, we were with um, my wife gave us like a half hour more. If they don't call in half hour, I'm calling emergency services. <laughs> 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 so that's just felt bad putting them through the worry. So just a great tool to communicate. Yeah, we should all get one next time. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be good. Yeah. that's. I was just actually looking at them today because my next race, I don't have a tracker. So I was just talking about it because uh, my dad and cousin, they're going to come crew me again. So I was just looking at that. And that would be nice because I had one training run too. Um, I think it was like back in March. And uh, I didn't realize there's going to be still as much snow in this one spot I was heading to. So I was post-holing through the snow and uh, ate up a bunch of time. And I didn't bring enough fuel with me to last that long. So I bonked. I ran out of everything. Didn't have any more water. Didn't have any more gels. No nothing. And, uh, I was originally trying to make it back in time to pick up my kids from daycare. And I'm like, man, I got to call it right now so I can get home. And I didn't have good cell service and I was trying to get a message out and I couldn't get anything out. And, uh, cause first I was trying to get a hold of my girlfriend, but she's, I don't think she's ever been in the woods. So I'm like, man, she wouldn't be able to find me even if I got her a message. <laughs> and, uh, so I was finally able to get a call out to my dad. And then I just got like two words out and it was just like the name of the back road. Mm. And, uh, he's like, Oh yeah, I know exactly where he's at. So then he left work and he's able to come pick me up. But yeah, I was a little, a little worrisome for a while. Yeah. That's, that's how we learn. Yep. So yeah. after you left half moon, tell us about that climb up. Okay. So yeah. So actually at half moon, I was, uh, cause I think you guys mentioned this on a previous one. Uh, I was kind of ready to DNF after Chico gave me a dose of reality. I was kind of telling them guys like, Hey man, I'm sorry. Like tell my crew, sorry, I drug you all the way out here. Like I think I'm going to DNF. Like I'm done. I'm not going to make it to Crandall like before the cutoff. And, uh, they wouldn't let me DNF. They're like, no man, like you got this. Like we came all the way here. Like you're going to do it. And not even like, Hey, like we'll just see you at Crandall. Then we'll pack up and leave. Like, no, you're going to finish the race. And I'm like, man, you guys like, I'm not like, mathematically like I'm, I'm not moving fast enough like i can probably get to crandall and uh they just kept going and it was really cool so um i swapped out my socks for the first time there hmm. and uh there was this lady that was um with my family kind of helping out and i thought she was one of the volunteers because she kind of came right over and she was taking the socks off my feet and cleaning my feet and helping put new socks and put my shoes back on but the more she kept talking, I realized she was just a person there. Like she was there for her husband and her husband already come through uh-huh. and uh-huh. she became friends with my family just visiting. 
so she got all pumped when I came in and, uh, yeah, just came over and helped me out and, uh, kind of cleaned up my dirty feet and got socks and shoes back on me and helped get, get me out of there. So that was pretty cool. Like, Oh man, that's awesome. I don't even know you, but, uh, here yeah, you are helping me out like that. That's the trail vibe, huh? Mm, that's the trail. Community. Yeah. Yep, so. That's the trail community. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that was awesome. And then it was awesome for my family to see of like, yeah, man, like this, like nothing against road races, but they're just so competitive and, individualized of like now i'm trail runs like community especially the ultras mm-hmm. of like hey man we're all in it we all want to finish and so it was really cool for my family to get to see so yeah they they convinced me to get back up and take off and then uh my uh will yeah, i don't think he's actually probably ran since like high school uh he used to be a really good runner then he just got into lifting weights and then uh he works um has his own construction business then he plays like semi-pro football here and Spokane. So he's all into like lifting weights and not into cardio at all. And, uh, he was wanting to run with me, but he ran up with me like up to that gate. Uh, he wanted to go farther, but I'm like, dude, man, you don't got a headlamp. You got nothing. <laughs> he was, I think he's probably wearing like some Jordans and like a cutoff. And I'm like, dude, no, <laughs> head back down with my dad and back up and I'll see you later. Cut the fever right there. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. The next wheel. See how invested next he got. Wheel. Yeah, he was a he, he was a big dude. He's like a pretty yeah. stout guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a he convinced himself that uh if I made it cuz was it Crandall to Forest Lake? Was it that 7-mile stretch that he could do 7 miles with me? Oh yeah. And uh so that's what he was going to try and do if I made it that far. Hmm. But yeah, so coming up out of there, um you know, I was like kind of got not quite like a second wind well like all right you know if i can make it 70 miles that's an achievement especially in this terrain like i'll be happy with 70 and uh i go climbing up out of there and man those those bugs that's something even (laughs) about the bugs and the headlamps and everything man like no lie i ate three moths like on the way like running and just like yeah it was it was too far gone i just had to go ahead and eat that moth i'm like damn like i guess i like, like, man, I guess I didn't need uh, so many gels and stuff, but I knew there's going to be all these balls. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I remember right about that point, we, we could see, I was like, I think that's Dan. Anyhow, you were, you were sending really good pace. Oh, man, this is good. All right. Hopefully he keeps us up so we can, he's going to guide us all the way up there at a, at a, at a reasonable click. Yeah, then uh, you guys are coming up behind me and I could hear you visiting. So I'm like, okay, it's a Levi and Brocade. That's cool. They, they came up out of there too because I didn't know if, you know, I was going to be the only one um, still going or, you know, what was going on at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one up here. And then I had to get a gel. And, uh, man, I shouldn't have stopped because I stopped to try and dig the gel out. And that's when you guys passed. And then because you guys were like kind of pushing me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, man, I got to keep this pace going. And then once you guys went in front of me, it's kind of the wind w- was out of my sails. Oh. And I just see you guys' headlamps just got like farther and farther away until I didn't even see them at all. Yeah, and I remember, I remember right about when we were running together for a bit, we can kind of see the like the faint lightning. I was like, was that lightning? I don't think that was. Was that what yeah. the heck was that? And I was like, oh my god, it was lightning. Yeah, because that's like, I saw a couple flashes, and then I'm like, man, is it like one of the? I didn't know if it was like a, one of the repeaters or whatever they put on top of the mountain and it yeah. was blinking or something. I'm like, man, is it? So then I asked you guys, and we're like, at that point, it's like, okay, yeah, pretty sure that's lightning. Hmm. I'm like, oh, man, that's not good. Those people out there, like, right about where we were, 
together maybe a little bit past it. Remember there was people out there camping? Yeah. Those guys scared me. I was like, what the heck are they doing out here? I think they were hiding yeah. their, their packs or something. Yeah, yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah, because uh, the, were they we, camping by that lake? Yeah. Yeah, we went by and the one lady was like, hello. Or like, hello? Is that the same one? I don't know. Yeah, somebody was uh, saying hello and she was kind of worried about the lightning, saying, what shall I do? And I said, um, turn off your lights and um, hide in your tent. <laughs> you crouch down and cover your ears and open your mouth? Because I, I, I didn't have no... Um, advice but when i was young they used to um shut the curtains and turn off the tv every time there was lightning <laughs> so that's all i thought yeah so coming up coming up elder we're, we're um tell us tell us the rest of that yeah so um after you guys kind of passed and then yeah that lightning kind of kept going and it was like oh man like because right before that man you could see like the whole night sky and it was awesome then all of a sudden couldn't see any stars so that's why i was like okay the storm's completely over the top of us i can't see any more stars and then yeah i see the flashes of lightning and um yeah i think you guys mentioned before too because that night before like that pre-race thing when she was talking about like you know oh yeah it could be lightning and here's what to do and I don't remember the open your mouth part. They might have said that. <laughs> Did they say open your mouth? Something with your mouth. And I was like, that seems odd to me. I thought they said cover yeah. your ears and close your eyes. I have yeah, know. I don't remember the mouth thing. They could have said it. You and know, kind of like knows? put your head between your knees, but somebody else said put your butt in the air. <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, if your head's the highest point, your head will get struck. But if your, your bum is the highest point, your bum will get struck. Huh. I, don't, I don't know what to do. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> what do you value more? <laughs> start playing the lottery too after that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like that kind of all came to my mind of like, oh man, like I didn't think that was going to be like real. Like I didn't really expect any lightning and then uh, kind of kept climbing. I was moving pretty slow and then uh, I caught up to that first sweeper and he was with that guy that was sick from earlier. Because, uh, man, that guy, yeah. he didn't have a headlamp or anything because, you know, he was already planning on being in and out at Half Moon at that point. And so I kind of talked to them for a second. And I was, like, telling them, kind of like, yeah, you know, like, I think I'm probably just going to make it to Crandall and I'm not going to make that cutoff time. But I'm like, man, they got two more big climbs. And I'm like, ah, oh, kind of like, what do you think? And, you know, he was he was pretty positive. He's like, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone to quit you know, this is their own race. All I could do is really give advice. And, uh, then the lightning kind of kept happening. I'm like, Hey man, like, what do you think about this lightning? Like, is it going to blow over? And he's like, you know, no idea. Like this, this could be here for the next hour. It could be here for the next five minutes. You know, he's like, you never know. And we kind of kept talking about it. And, um, he was saying that his satellite phone, he wasn't able to get any messages out or receive anything all day. And he's like, yeah, you know, go ahead and continue if you want. But just know if anyone gets struck up here, especially with my satellite phone, he's like, the best I could do is CPR for a couple hours. And then in 24 hours, we can get a helicopter and get the body out of here. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, yeah, you're kind of selling me on turning around. Because at that point, Levi, I figured you and Brocade were already over. I didn't know everyone else was still behind me. And then I was thinking of a. Cause I got a, well, she's 13. I got a 13 year old stepdaughter and I got a four year old and three year old daughter. And then I got a 
baby boy on the way next month. And I'm like, man, I got to make a home to them. Mm-hmm. Like, as stubborn as I want to be and finish this race, like it's not worth it at that point. You know, if this lightning is going to be that bad, because who knows worst case scenario, like it does hanging around and I got to go because I was almost to the tree line. He's like, I got to go above the tree line on this mountaintop and then got to go over to the next one above the tree line. Man, that's pretty risky. You know, maybe, maybe I should kind of call it here. And I want to say that was at like mile 49, maybe might've been like mile 50 when we were talking about that. And then, uh, as we're kind of standing there talking and I was like, maybe like 75% sure I was going to go ahead and turn around and head back down a big bolt of lightning hit what looked like where the trail was going to be. So that's what I was curious to hear from you, <laughs> Levi, like how bad the lightning was up there. It looked like it was right up there. And I'm like, all right, that's my sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah we got, too, like, um, you know, maybe even not just lightning, but I kind of felt like, you know, for all of us, how we approach that race and uh, kind of how I feel in general, like I'm running out here, like on my reservation in the woods I kind of always feel like if, if I respect the woods, if I respect the wildlife and everything, it'll respect me back. I'm not completely reckless where I go with no protection, but I don't go with a lot. Like, Hey, you know, as long as I respect the animals and everything, like they'll respect me. And yeah. so that's kind of my feeling was like, you know, I feel like this is a sign from something bigger. If I don't get struck by lightning, who knows, maybe I slide and fall off the mountain at that one stretch where you, uh, Megan said you had to slide on your butt. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like maybe this is a sign. I'm better off just turning around now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we, we definitely got to a point where we were coming out of the tree line into the clearing and there's people like throwing their poles down and saying, we're going to go wait out the storm. And a lot of people were, were doubling back and we were still going forward. And we were like, what the heck? Like, we get, like on me, I just had a one track mind saying, well, I'm already through the roast of it. Because I think at that point where we were at, the lightning was like a little bit behind us, it felt like. Because I never saw any okay. strike be right in front of us, but mm-hmm. yeah, we just like I, th- I said, I think it'd be worse to go back the other way because then we're just going right into the storm. That's what I told myself anyhow. So we just kept on cruising to the top. We were closer to the top than we were to the bottom anyhow at that point. So that was part yeah. of our, our thing. And like we were just one track mining. We'll get to the next aid station. So we we got to the next aid station. Yeah, yeah. When I heard, yeah. um, if you get hit by lightning, we're not going to get. A chopper out here for 24 hours that kind of was like yeah we're done mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah because then uh after i kind of made that decision started heading back down that's when i ran into all of you guys uh uh-huh. yeah jason and eric and phyllis and whoever there i think there was other runners with you guys too mm-hmm. and that's we all stopped there to kind of talk about it for a while i know eric he really wanted to keep going and uh yeah man i can't remember how long we stood there and talked about man i think it was like 20 30 minutes maybe oh wow and then that's when i caught, there was i caught the group right then mm. and then oh okay turned around went yeah back down. yeah then uh when we were standing there talking this uh one girl that was there you know she was like man i really thought i was gonna finish it she's like but the longer i stand here like the more i'm gonna be done like i, I i'm running out of time i'm not gonna be able to finish it anyway and uh i felt bad she had a pacer with her and i have no idea where the dude was from he had like some european accent and like it wasn't broken english but it was like a thick accent Uh and i kind of felt bad for him like man he even got to see any of the course like he came all the way out here waited all day ran in the dark for a few miles and a turnaround run back down in the dark 
but then she was convinced, you know, to run back down, like um, when I was going back down. And then I think I want to say Eric and Phyllis, they both chose like, hey, well, we're just going to go up, kind of get to that tree line. And if it's bad, we'll go ahead and turn back. And I think that's at least at that point, that's the call they were making. And so I'm like, all right, then. uh, Yeah. So then the group kind of split up that pacer. He said he was going to hang out there and wait up for the I'm not pacer that um, sweeper said he's going to hang out there and wait for the other sweepers to kind of see what's going on since he didn't have any contact with anybody and uh so yeah i headed down with that lady and her pacer and um because yeah i want to say it was like probably five miles back down to half moon that we had to go yeah i felt kind of like that and um steven he said no he said don't feel bad he said because the crew and the pacer we love the mountain so we got to hang out and have fun and uh-huh. He said it's just a part of the journey. So he's a pretty experienced runner, him and his dad. So that kind mm-hmm. of, that kind of comforted me too, but I still feel bad about it. So you think you're going to do it again after this big learning experience? Oh, hell yeah. I'm, I'm oh, going nice. back for it again next year. That's a... What's your next run coming up? So my next run's the Tianaway Country 100. That's on September 17th. All right. Good luck with that run. September 17th, yeah. are you in 100? Yeah. All right. We'll get be, that buckle. We'll make sure we're looking out for those. As you're, as you're yeah, doing it. <laughs> we'll make sure to put. <laughs> It'd be nice if we could track you like this other one, but. Yeah, that's why I was looking at, you know, those uh, those different uh, satellite trackers or whatever. Since, yeah, I'm pretty sure this one doesn't have a tracker. But, uh, yeah, so after, man, I went through the full range of emotions with that DNF. Like, mm-hmm. You know, initially, I was like, I felt really let down, felt like I let down my crew. Like, yeah, we drove seven and a half hours for me to run 100 miles. And if you count the run back down, like I did like 54. So I was pretty bummed about that. And then uh, uh, I felt like my family thought I was crazy because <laughs> so I, well, they probably just for doing the race. But then also afterwards. So once I ran all the way back down to um, Half Moon. You know, I was I was pissed off. I was, you know, frustrated. I just ran like damn near as fast as I could down. And I was doing like sub nine minute miles kind of mm. coming in. And uh oh yeah, I didn't know what I was coming back into because that sweeper, he made it sound like everyone was asleep or packed up and left. Oh yeah. So like I had no idea what I was coming back into at half moon. Like I legit thought that I might have to pull out my emergency blanket and just sleep on the shoulder of the road until like my crew got there because then too i had no idea if my crew like knew that i turned around like i didn't know if they were already waiting at crandall and didn't have service so i didn't know if they were sitting down somewhere at service to see where i was going so i had i was completely in the dark had no clue and so i come flying into half moon and you know i saw the lights and campfire and heard the cowbells so i'm like all right there's people here and I come in and they're kind of asking me what's going on, what my story was. And I was telling them like, Oh man, you're moving really good. We thought you were a sweeper coming in. <laughs> and it was almost like a backhand compliment. Cause it's like, I just had a DNF. Like, don't tell me I'm moving good. Like, yeah, it pisses me off that I'm moving good. I should still be going, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So what happened? Were they, were they there? I, I, yeah. I yeah. That. Well, um, so I had to hang out for like, I think it was like 45 minutes. So my crew, they went down to the self-service and they kind of just hung out. 
Um, they wanted, I can't remember what they said, like how long they were going to wait it out, but they wanted to make sure at the very least I got over that first peak before kind of getting up. Cause what they were going to do, um, cause I think it was Crandall and Forest Lake. They were too close. So your crew couldn't be at both. Oh yeah. So Will was going to get dropped off at Crandall and then my dad was going to drive all the way around to Forest Lake. So that way he could pick Will up after he ran with me. So I was really worried that they were already going to be staged and like have no contact. So when I come into Half Moon, their satellite phone was working. So, you know, I had them kind of try and send a message out and I hung out and man, uh, the volunteers, they were awesome. But the other people that DNF before me there, they were, man, they were laid up, they were hurting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I kept having to get up and move cause like the smoke was in my face from the campfire and I was moving around. And I almost felt like I was getting side eye from some of those people <laughs> because they were hurting so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, it's kind of weird DNFing and not being hurt, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To where like uh, that's what kind of frustrated me more in the moment was like, man, I still feel good. Like it's not like I feel thrashed because that lady that ran down with me, she's like, man, like I, I'm glad I'm DNFing. I feel like I'm at mile eighty. Like I'm just wrecked, and I'm like, yeah, like I know I, I feel good. So then my crew they came and picked me up. And uh, we had to go pick up my drop bag up at Crandall. And so we went all the way up there. And Will, he had parked at, like, the gate. And he's like, oh, I'll go run in and grab it. And I'm like, no, like, you guys aren't believing me that I can still move good. I'm going to hop out and run with you. And he's like, dude, like, don't, man. Just sit and wait in the truck. Like, you're all talk. I'm like, no, like, I'm moving good. I'm running. And uh, so I hop out and we go running in. And he was surprised I was moving good. But then he got pissed at me because uh, – the volunteers like, oh, good job, you guys, good job. Because it's all dark. They just see two people running. <laughs> he's like, man, I feel like an asshole. Like, I'm I'm not even a part of this race. So he's like, man, stop running. Like, I don't want people to tell me good job. <laughs> so we go walking in and grab my drop bag. It's like, kind of prove my point. of like, yeah, see, man, like, I still feel good. Yeah, but yeah, man, I felt bad for those volunteers up there. Because, man, that was, it was cold. It might have been, like, four in the morning or something when I got. Now, there's some committed volunteers, huh? Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah, then. At least at that point, like, I'm sure they were doing awesome, like, throughout the whole thing. But at that point, you know, they were they were definitely feeling it. They were dead tight. There wasn't energy oh. there. And so I was kind of feeling for them. Like, yeah, man, you're probably dead tired and you're cold as hell. Like, uh, so, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of energy coming in there. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of thinking, like, man, if this was kind of the energy and I was feeling it coming in, I might DNF just because that's how I would be feeling, too. Like, okay, yeah, man, we're all done here. Yep. So we're going to have to start wrapping up the um, podcast today, but thanks for coming on, Danny. I sure appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a good show, good good information and good conversation. Was there anything anything you wanted to, wanted to say before you? I want to say shout out go? to the uh, Spokane Tribal Dispatch. That's what I want to say. Spokane Tribal Dispatch. Shout out. Keep shout doing what you do. You bet. Doing a hell of a job. Hey, uh, my dad, he's the uh, lead dispatcher. Yeah, All that's right. why I said that. What's your dad's name? <laughs> Ron Brigman. Ron Brigman. Shout out, Ron. Did a hell of a job with your boy there. Yep. <laughs> no, uh, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. And uh, it was awesome getting to share some miles with you guys. And thanks for kind of uh, indirectly uh, influenced me to try and be an ultra runner. I appreciate it, man. You guys are doing good things. Well, thanks appreciate for joining that. us on the show and for the encouraging words, too. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we hopefully we get to see you again in one of these one of these races. I can't Probably. wait. Crazy. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be nice when you get that 100-mile finish this September. So yep. we'll be watching out for that. We'll be we'll be keeping up, updated on that. Make sure you keep yeah, posting yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, we'll do. And, yeah, hopefully get to see you guys run some more races. And uh, definitely want to try and make it over sometime run gas cap with you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We'll do that. Maybe come yeah. by Crow Fair or something. We'll sort something out. Yeah, sounds good, man. All right, Danny. Sure appreciate it. You have yourself a good one, and good luck on your race coming up. All right, yeah, thank you. All right. All right, later. Talk later. to you soon. All right, bye. I enjoyed that. Danny Brigman. He, that was good. That was a good one. Darn good one. Well, thanks for coming on, Danny. That was a good one. I don't want to say good one anymore. Good one? That good was, one. Um, let's good find one. a synonym. Good one. The chalk, good one. Cinnamon roll? Cinnamon roll. You know what I got tired of doing? What? When people were coming up, good job, looking great, killing it. Man, I didn't like that. After a while, I can only do that about 10 times, and I was 40, 50. <laughs> good job, thank you. Good job, thank you. All right, Jason, closing words? None. None? No. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what then. Run hard and run like the winner. <laughs>